0: Today is a very important day in our lives. It's important for several reasons, and both have been mentioned already this morning. It is Memorial Day weekend, for one thing. We know that there are those who have, uh, throughout the history of our country, actually throughout all of history, there are those that have been able to step up and protect a nation. And that is something that was um, long-term. And we recognize this day not only those that have um, served in that way, but also those who have died in that pursuit. And this weekend is one of those weekends that is set aside. In our country, anyway, we do it once a year to set aside so that we don't forget those who have made that sacrifice. And right where you are, if you know of anybody who has made that ultimate sacrifice, um, or you know anyone who has served our country to protect our country or to service our country, would you please put your hand up? Look at that. We have almost unanimous participation That is awesome. We know folks who have done that. And on this day, this weekend, we memorialize that. Now, a second thing that this particular Sunday is important for uh, has also been mentioned. Uh, Oops, not supposed to do that. Uh, (laughs) This is a Sunday that on the church calendar, we remember... Pentecost, okay? Now, many, many Christians understand Pentecost. I teach fifth grade Sunday school. Oh, is that fun, let me tell you. Fifth grade Sunday school is, is cool because I get a chance to teach fifth graders. One of the things I try to get them to understand is that um, church history biblical history so world history is all oh here here's the example how many of you know what an lp record is well some of you have no clue back when we my generation started to listen to music we listened to it on the radio but then we would get an lp record it was about this big around it was vinyl and it was about that thin, and you put it on what we call the record player, and you put it on 33 and a half RPMs, and you put that needle on the very outside of that disc, and it followed one track through seven, eight, nine songs, or if you had the long play, you could get 15 songs, and that needle stayed on one track that started at the very beginning and stayed on that track until all the songs were played. World history, church history, is very much the same thing. God started the track... And that track has been playing along and continues to play until when Christ comes again, that track will be done. So my Sunday school, I get the chance to kind of rehearse that history. And, and we keep rehearsing that history. And so we'll talk about God creating heaven and earth. We'll talk about Abraham and uh, his calling out of the people to become god's people and then we'll talk about the exodus and coming out from egypt and, and the significance of all that in the giving of the law and the then that we talk about the prophets and we talk about the kings and we talk about the priests and and we go through church history and we we get then to jesus Wow, we spend a lot of time on Jesus, remembering that there's all of this history that was pointing to Jesus, and we then talk about almost everything that Jesus does fulfills something there or is enlightened by something back there. God's plan was being lived out all the way, and then Jesus lived this incredible life, and we sing praise to him for not only his life, but his death, and what that meant. Oh, we, we had a, we spent nearly six weeks this year on the steps to the cross and the cross itself, and then Jesus died and was buried. And, and so very quickly, so you can get a, a hint as to where we're going in Scripture. Um, we talked about Jesus was really dead. How do you get that through to a fifth grader? Have you ever seen a deer laying by the side of the road? They've all seen that. Sure. Okay, so what if, and you've seen it one day, you've seen it the next day, you've seen it the next day. What if one day you were driving by that deer and all of a sudden you saw it get up? look around, and prance over the field. fifth grader sitting right next to me goes, that'd be a miracle! Bingo, we've got the lesson. (laughs) The story doesn't stop there. It keeps going. Jesus appeared to up to 500 people, and, and then he rose back to heaven. And Jesus said, to them, now wait in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit is going to be sent. All right, so that is Pentecost Sunday. But you gotta know it's also part of the long track. Pentecost was actually a Jewish holiday. It was 50 days after passover it was also time when they gave the first fruits of their harvest but the 50 days after passover was a sign that god was still with them god was bringing them new and fresh things day by day by day and he would never forget them the jewish calendar had a time when they would actually take time set aside it was People to get together and celebrate to memorialize God's good gifts, even the ones that were promised to be coming. And now, part of that promise, part of that fulfillment was on Pentecost, the first fruits, when the Holy Spirit came. So, today, as we're turning to Acts 2. I'll, I'll invite you to read along one you may not have the same version I have. That's quite all right. Um, but I do have to warn you. Some of you are very good at looking at your bulletins and going online and finding out exactly what the title of the message is going to be. How many of you have looked already and seen what the title is? Okay, about seven of you. That's good. Thank you. Uh, those who looked and saw, saw that it is printed, Moralizing Pentecost. Yeah, it was supposed to be memorializing Pentecost. Yeah, a little difference in thought and meaning there. Uh, I know I don't always speak correctly. I know that I don't always hear correctly. We said it over the phone, how it got to where it was printed. Don't worry about it. We're trying this morning to think about memorializing Pentecost Sunday because it's part of God's full plan and program, and it's a little bit of one of those songs of the whole record of church history. So, we're looking at just a slice of that this morning. Acts 2, we're going to be reading at verse 37, but if if you've got your Bible open, you can just turn back um, to the beginning of that chapter, and you'll see that it it talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Many of us uh, know that story of how the uh, the disciples were together, the spirit came in a powerful way, and every single one of them, after that spirit came, they went out into the streets and preached the gospel. Every single one of them some in languages they had never spoken before, but everybody who was in the crowd was hearing the good news in their own language. It was one of those phenomenal events that there was a mass miracle that brought the, king, that brought the word of God to everyone. And as that was happening, we get this. Peter stood up preaching, concluding his sermon in verse 36, was this. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that, the, that God has made him, that is Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now to our text, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they, the crowd, were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Jesus said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children for all who are far off for whom the lord our god calls to himself and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying save yourself from this crooked generation so those who received his word were baptized and there was added that day about three thousand souls Holy Spirit had been poured out onto 120 people. Those 120 people brought the good news of Jesus Christ. They were talking about what had happened in God's history, and now there was a very specific, important, incredibly crucial, necessary part of God's history because God had become human, God had lived among them. The man, God, Jesus, had been killed in their presence. He rose again, he ascended. But now, now the Holy Spirit had come and, and Peter bringing to the people this message, the people that heard it. The people that heard it, it doesn't say specifically in the text, but, but if, if you're understanding our faith at all the people heard it their ears were opened by God their hearts were already touched by the Holy Spirit because they were now asking what can we do we know that we need to do something we are the ones who are really to blame for jesus having died we are here in our sin and we don't have a clue how to get out of it peter now has the good news because the people are are shrinking knowing that god is a holy god and i am a sinner in the sight of god what can i do and peter says there's good news there's great news there's the best news in the world and this is it i so appreciate peter and god speaking through him in this moment You know, we pray with the elders just before here. And just at the end of that prayer, we were about, or maybe it was just before the prayer, I forget. But one of the elders said, we're ready to go as long as you don't preach 150. I thought for sure he was going to say minutes. (laughs) But he said 150 miles an hour. Well, he remembered a different sermon, a different time. And I thought, well, I wasn't planning on preaching 150 minutes. But you give a minister a microphone, he'll preach for a long time. But Peter had the microphone. And he very quickly, very succinctly says, this is what you do. Very quick, just repent. Which means turn away from what you're doing. Turn to God and ask for forgiveness. Repent means to turn. So repent of your sins. You may have been one in the crowd that shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Peter doesn't really go there. He just says, repent of your sin. Maybe those people who were hearing by the Holy Spirit, they were being convicted of other sin. Not just the sin of Christ being crucified, but other sin in their life. In fact, the Holy Spirit will convict of sin. In fact, the Holy Spirit continues to convict of sin. We know that we we recognize that. In fact, most every Sunday we get here and that call is to repent of sin. Receive forgiveness. And that first promise here was repent of your sin and you'll be forgiven you'll be forgiven the slate is wiped clean before god god sees you the father sees you in the righteousness of jesus christ and what he has done and you are not just forgiven the slate is wiped clean and with the father you have now a great relationship like the prodigal's father receiving his son god welcomes us when we're forgiven Welcoming them, yes, but we translate that into us. Every time we are forgiven, God is now once again wrapping his arms around us, going, welcome home. Whether it was some little sin or a large sin, it is wiped clean. And, Peter said, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So for each one whose knees have buckled, head has bowed, has come to God and said, I repent of my sin, forgive me, the Holy Spirit is given. Whether that's the first time you do it, first time I remember doing it at Camp Geneva. I knew Jesus was who Jesus was my whole life. I knew Jesus loves me. I knew there was a time that I needed, though, to, before God, say, I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I know when I asked for forgiveness that day, I was clean before him. And I was given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had been working in my life the whole time. But now, as forgiven, given in a special way. There have been times in my life when I've sinned. Well, like all the time, but times when I'm really aware of it and need to go to God and say, I am so sorry, I will stop. I will not do that anymore. Please forgive me. Again, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Whether I felt it or not, the Holy Spirit coming again and again and again, but never really leaving I was going to ask the elders this morning, I forgot. So, Aaron, you can answer, help me. Pop quiz. How many times at North Holland do you have communion? About once a month. month. Great. You'll have communion fairly soon. Here, wonderful. One of the things the liturgy calls us to is to remember that communion is a feast. It's a feast of remembrance... Remembering what Christ has done. It's a feast of communion. Christ has promised to be with us always. And it's a feast of hope because we look forward to what's coming. In the last half a year, duh me, something finally hit me about communion that I wanted to share with you this morning. In... In the liturgy, we typically spend most of our verbiage in what Christ has done. Next time you have communion, hear it, remember it, think about it. Christ said, I will be with you always. How do we do that with communion? Just this morning, I put some blueberries, some Cheerios, some bananas, some milk. I had breakfast. I ate it. I took it in. And you know what? They're with me. Those bananas are with me. Those Cheerios are with me. As is the milk and the blueberries. They're with me. And about a pint of coffee. They're with me. When we take communion, we take the bread, we take the juice, and they representing the body and blood of Christ, they're with you. The Holy Spirit enacting that. The Holy Spirit is with us. Kind of an organic way of thinking, the Holy Spirit is with us always. This weekend, we're going to celebrate with good food. I mean, grilled food says good right that food goes with us the holy spirit sometimes the holy spirit is with us in very ordinary simple ways we don't even understand what he's doing or that he's active other times it's powerful, it's moving, and it brings us uh, to heights of emotion and relationship and coming together with God. Other times it's just a sustaining presence. But the promise is from this passage and from Paul Peter's uh, sermon: believe, repent. You'll be forgiven, and you will receive. You will have the Holy Spirit in you even today. And that promise is not only for you, it's for all those who are far off. So if you're watching by uh, live stream today, it's with you. Peter was also meaning everyone who still needs to be reached with the good news of Jesus Christ in his day and in our day. This promise is to all who could hear the good news. Just this morning, I asked if you knew anybody And this was part of our memorializing those who have gone before us, who have served our country, have served us then. We put our hands up. Now, do you know or are you someone who is living out your Christian faith because of the Holy Spirit's work in us, the Holy Spirit with you? Are you one of those people? We often ask on Veterans Weekend for the veterans to stand. If I asked you if you've repented, you've received forgiveness, you've received the Holy Spirit, would you stand? But I'm not going to ask you that. I'm going to ask you also, do you know somebody who has really been invested in that? We, we ask about those who have served our country in the armed services. Do you know somebody who's gone into full-time ministry, full-time ministry, doing the Lord's work, bringing the good news, even that the Holy Spirit is active and alive, and promised to all who believe. Do you know anybody like that? Would you put your hand up if you do? Again, almost unanimous. What a blessing, not just to know them, but you know what? The challenge is to each of us, each day of our lives, are we living out the good news? Are we telling the good news? Are we doing what it takes to bring the good news to our children? I get to teach fifth grade. Are we doing what we can to bring the good news to our young people? Are do we doing what we can to bring the news to each other? Are we doing what we can to bring the news to those who cannot get here because of age or infirmity? Are we doing what we can to bring the good news to our neighbor who we never see darken the door of a church? Do we do what we can to bring the good news to oppressed groups? Do we bring what we do what we can to bring the good news? to this world that is so hurting and broken that it doesn't even know what the good news is. There are those who volunteered in World War II to serve. Literally, this is the first I heard it this weekend. Well, during the week. Young men volunteered and they were parachuting behind enemy lines some of them had never even ridden in an airplane before and they were jumping out behind enemy lines trusting that their parachute was going to work they would find their buddies and they could fight the battle what courage what audacity what a calling they had for human interaction is there a daring is there a calling is there an audacity to bring the good news of jesus christ to where the enemy lines are that we would be willing to jump out of an airplane having never flown there before I don't know what that means to you. I don't know exactly what that means to me, but am I willing, when I hear the Holy Spirit telling me, jump, am I willing to jump? Are you? Let's pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, thank you for Peter's message. Thank you that this message brings us to a place where we need to ourselves continually ask for forgiveness of our sins and to realize again of how we are cleansed completely. Lord, for everyone this morning who needs to come before you and repent, I just pray that they would do it even now. Lord, I also pray for all of us as we have the Holy Spirit in us and working in us, that you would help us to be courageous Christians, willing to understand where the battle lines are, willing to jump when you call us to jump. Lord, help us to be willing to fight for Jesus Christ, not to be offensive, but in fact, to bring good news To those who need to hear. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.